Hey, my name is Ev Bennett. You're listening to the Yesod Blocks podcast channel, and this is the Nefshechaim series. The whole purpose of this channel, for if you're new to this, is we are essentially doing what's called foundational transformational Torah. It means learning Torah at a level that is designed to actually change the way that you see and experience your own life and your own reality, as opposed to more of a fragmented, sort of like just random concepts, wisdom approach. In this particular series, Nefshechaim is a book that we are now in chapter seven in the first section, and it's the first section is all describing the process of translating and differentiating Hashem's endless consciousness into the physical finite world that you experience around you, and including yourself. And so as we start chapter seven, Perak Zion, so it's very important to just sort of remember and just to remind all of our listeners that the way to think about all these things, we've had kind of like a number of analogies about consciousness hubs and miniature hubs and satellite hubs and sort of like fragments of Hashem and all these different types of analogies that we've used to sort of make this come a little bit uh, more alive and make it a little bit clearer. But it's important to remember that all these analogies are just analogies and the analogies are designed to sort of describe the experience that you're constantly having as a self inside of the physical world and you experience all these different things in different ways all the time. Um, the, the, the way that you sort of create these intangible connections and bridges between you and other people, what we call in English relationships, and also the way that our consciousness actually impacts the world around us through idea spread, and the more awake you are in reality, the more you start to see and experience um, connections and, and deeper layers of truth that are sort of going on beneath the surface, trends and cultural trends that are taking place and distortions in people's minds and sort of like the ability to, to see what's happening at ever clearer levels and deeper ways. Um, that's really what happens the more awake you become, the more you really uh, sort of understand what you are and who you are. And so Chapter seven here is really is going to be building the way the whole the whole section is building on top of uh, all the analogies and ideas that we've already shared. And so I just want to sort of clarify first of all now that we finished chapter six. Chapter six was a, was a, an anomaly. It was a very very long section. Um, but from now until the end of section one, which is Shar Aleph, the first gate. So all the chapters are relatively short, and there's still a lot of things to cover, obviously. But it's going to be less um, heavy in some ways when compared to chapter six. Um, and also, so the idea here, just also, just to sort of keep the background, is that there's sort of like, I would say two central analogies. One is the consciousness hub analogy I just mentioned, um, which is just to sort of remember the way we described that, that you could think of it as if there's this network of consciousness where there's all these little nodes and every node is like another consciousness transmitter, consciousness source. And so there's kind of like one main source of consciousness. And then it's linked to all these nodes throughout the system where there's like all these little satellite consciousness fragments. So then and there's all these, these intangible uh, wires that link the different nodes to each other. So that's one way of thinking about what you are, that you're sort of like this satellite node of Hashem's consciousness in the world. And there's these linkages between you and all other selves and Anashem. And then when you live in harmony with that, you slowly begin to uncover and reveal that truth. And you can begin to experience those connections. That's what we call relationships, which is what, one way of saying that is that whenever you have a relationship with somebody, and you develop a connection with somebody. It's not that you're creating a connection from scratch. It's that you're actually discovering 
literally discovering, you are uncovering a connection that already exists, that you and the other person are already connected, and now what you're doing is you are revealing that which is already there, buried underneath and below your awareness. And so that's why relationships very often, we think about them in terms of discovery, because it's kind of like you're you're discovering things that you sort of know are there, but they're underneath the surface. So that's one analogy, a very central analogy that we've been using. And then another analogy that we've been talking a lot about is the fragment of Hashem analogy in the sense that you are sort of like this step-down version of Hashem's self inside the world, whereas Hashem is sort of like uh, completely beyond limits and really is all conscious, and you are only partially conscious, and you are sort of in this process of becoming more and more and more and more conscious over time. That's what we called in the previous episode or two episodes ago, we called that tshuva, which is the process of returning to yourself, which is that if you think about Hashem as if he is the total self, the all-conscious, and you are now sort of like a step-down fragment of that, so then you are now searching for the rest of yourself, and whenever you uh, uncover um, a connection between you and Hashem or a connection between you and another self, that's part of the process of tshuva, of returning to who you really are, because you start to discover more and more fully that you are actually an aspect of a larger self that we can call your higher self, the total self, the meta-self, what the Torah calls anochi, which means the great I. And so that's what you're sort of doing is you're, you're in this process of, of becoming more and more and more who you really are and who you have forgotten of yourself. And so that's those two analogies um, kind of f- uh, form the backbone of understanding Paragzion and really everything we've done until now, obviously. But they're very significant. Uh, and again, I just want to stress that as you use these analogies, so you don't want to get too stuck in them. You want to sort of use them. Every analogy has its place, and there there's an, a degree and an extent to which it is true. And then at a certain point, it no longer can do the job because when you're talking about something which is beyond all limit, all limits and all finite calculations, so analogies can't go past a certain point. So ultimately, these analogies are just supposed to be roads, pathways for you to begin to experience and unlock. Or I wouldn't even say to experience because you're already experiencing these things. It's really ways to label your experiences somewhat so you sort of know where you are inside the map of your inner self, that you really can figure out what it is that you're experiencing and begin to identify different elements that you're that you're experiencing in your relationship with Hashem and with other selves. Because the issue with relationships is that they're just very vague. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I have a relationship with my spouse or a relationship with my friends or a relationship with my children and I try to have a relationship with God. And these are sort of um, undefined experiences and there's a lot of nuances to them. It's not just kind of, it's not just like, oh, I have a relationship. There's there's different colors and textures and elements. And once you start to, to, to label them clearly and understand what each one is, and then you can sort of access them more deeply. And that allows you to also access your relationship with Hashem more actively because as opposed to just being this sort of vague interaction with Hashem where it's like, oh yeah, I have some kind of relationship with an invisible being in the sky or something like that, you actually begin to experience the consciousness network that links you and Hashem and, it, and start experiencing its vibrations. And that makes it more and more and more tangible. And the ultimate result of that is to get to a place of consciousness which is so deep that you can actually, you know, you can have some kind of profound spiritual encounter which can begin to become more and more and more commonplace where you actually are deeply experientially knowing we call the endless one and that sort of wakes up your entire life and lights it all with a tremendous amount of light which is what the the Gemara describes that when people start to lose the ability to connect in that way so then the world lost all its color and its taste and 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 all the things that were joyful about life started to leach away and 
become much more gray and black and white. And that's really uh, where we are to a large degree now. And so th for some people, it's not like that. If you are able to access this uh, in a real way, then that sort of undoes that damage. But that's really what we're trying to build here. So let's start reading Parag Zion. And it's on page 25 in the classic edition. And he writes, Now we can understand what we were speaking about in Parag Hay. What, what are we talking about in Parag Hay in the fifth chapter? That Adam, that we, the conscious fragments that are strewn throughout the system, so we are sort of like the life force and the animating force of all the layers, of, of thousands of layers of reality. Not, not like a, a, an animating life force that is attached to the body, um, that doesn't make sense. In other words, what he's saying is like, the, we're, what we said earlier is that we're the animating force of all of these layers of existence that are, that are um, you know, between us and Hashem. So again, using the wire analogy, so if Hashem is sort of like, think of Hashem as like, I don't know, a, a, a thousand feet away, and then there's a wire that links you and Hashem. And that wire, so on the one hand, you can think of it just as like one long wire, it's a thousand feet long. But a little more deeply to think about it as an, as an analogy is that every, every inch of that wire is qualitatively different than the inch before it. So the inch that is right next to Hashem, so that is some kind of profoundly intangible inch of wire in which Hashem sort of begins the process of transmitting and translating himself into the fragment that you are. And so, and then every inch you go down the wire is another qualitatively different inch. And every inch tra translates and transmits and differentiates Hashem a little further, a little more. You could think of it almost like instead of wi a wire, you could also think of it as a layer of prisms. And there are a thousand prisms, and every prism trans translates the, the light of Hashem, which is the consciousness of Hashem, into a different texture and, and, and color. And until eventually you, have, you start having prisms that even translate Hashem's consciousness into actual finite physical uh, constructs. And so these are kind of like, again, that's a conceptually difficult prism to understand because we don't, we don't have prisms like that. But just to think of it in that way, that you have this, this process of step down, of like sort of stepping Hashem down from being the ultimate endless self into the ever more fragmented and finite and multiplicity-oriented diverse uh, set of selves and, and sets of diverse elements of reality. And so when we say that you are this life force, that animates all those layers. What that means is just like just like Hashem's self is sort of like animating the layers between him and him and you, going down from Hashem towards you. So you are also this unusual consciousness fragment. Whereas like the trees and the grass and the animals and other other uh, finite elements of existence, they are not conscious in the same way that you are. You have this fragment of Hashem's consciousness that is far more concentrated. And that's what we call your consciousness. Even though it's a fragment, you're not fully conscious, but it still is a consciousness fragment inside of a finite context. And so that also has a radiating and resonating energy to it that sort of radiates out into all existence. And that's what we, he means when he says that you are animating all the layers of existence um, between you and Hashem. And so what he says is not, don't, don't think that it's like the animating life force that animates your body because you, you know, you're sort of very heavily linked to your body right now. You really experience yourself as your body in a lot of ways, and that's really a lot of this process is designed to undo that. But that's very that's that, that's a much more intensified linkage than what he's talking about here between you and your relationship with all the layers of existence. Um, it means just like 
the movements and the interests and the sort of like the impulses of the body, the body's limbs. They are all organized and unified according to the uh, animating life that is within them. In other words, you, your consciousness sort of like directs the movements of the body. According to those movements. So similarly, um, all the different uh, layers and forces of existence and the organization of the Merkava, which we described means the chariot that carries Hashem's presence in the world. So that's that's you. When you align yourself using the mitzvot, you make yourself um, a channel that allows the consciousness of the larger self to sort of flow through the layers to you and then through you into the surrounding existence. So tikkunam vinyanam varisosam, the, the, the organizing and the building and the destruction of those different um layers and, and sort of the structures of, ex, of, of the Merkava that you can build. So that those are who rakifi inyan hisorus mimase adam lamata. Those things only operate based on the the hisorus means like the arousal, like the awakeness, the how 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 much passion or desire there is coming from below, from you. In other words, according to your um, waking up and arousal of your own ratzon, towards the system or away from the system that will create a corresponding arousal and, and energy and consciousness flow from beyond or consciousness reduction also from, from, from the above. So if you think about it as like, well, in a relationship between you and another person, so if I want to share myself with somebody else, so I'm going to look to see if they're interested. In other words, like I'm not going to um, share my inner self with you if you don't show that you are a, a receiver of what it is that I'm about. So if you if you don't show that you can understand and that you want, from, and you know, forget even understanding. Understanding is the is a more external tool, even though it's very important. But underneath the understanding, there are people who could understand me who don't want to understand me. We're not looking to do that. So if I want to have a connection with another self, if I want to build the experiential bridge between me and someone else and experience them as an aspect of myself and vice versa, what we call a relationship, then there needs to be, on their end, a ratzon. There has to be a sense that they have the will, they have to have the interest, the passion, the, the desire, the arousal towards me to want to receive me. And so as according to how much they wake that up on their end, to that degree I will then want to share myself correspondingly and be received by them, and vice versa, obviously. So what he's saying here, that that's also true in exactly the same way between you and Hashem, that in order for Hashem to be received by you and for Hashem to to well up and share and, and, and expand consciousness through the system towards you, there has to be a ratzon and his orus from, from you on your end. And according to the orus on your end, that will determine the expansion and sharing and expression of Hashem's self towards you. So that's the that's a famous concept in, in the Torah thought, which is that according to the orus milamata, According to how much you arouse and wake up yourself towards Hashem um, down below, there will be a corresponding hisorus milamala. So you can't really um, have this kind of connection if you're not interested. You have to learn how to, you have to understand who it is that you're dating here, who it is that you're inter- that you're trying to connect to, and then when you understand that and develop that understanding deeply, then that will lead to this waking up process where you'll want that more and more. And so that's you know that's um, that's what really a lot of this is about. This whole book. Is really about learning who Hashem is. You know, when you meet somebody that you're attracted to and you want to get to know better, so whether it's a, a physical attraction, a, a, a spousal attraction, whether it's a friend's attraction, but whatever it is, an affinity towards somebody. So that's that's the spark of wanting. And then as you get as you push that towards them and show them you want to know them, 
they're going to open up and then you if you if you continue to to want to know them more deeply they'll open up more and more and it's also true with Hashem you got to sort of know who you're dealing with here um, before that's going to really happen too much but the idea here is that that's that's what we're learning like who is Hashem and then sort of opening up the Ratzon towards Hashem the wanting from down below so and he goes on to explain and since you yourself are made up of this totality of all the layers of existence in other words that means you have this plug-in you're connected to every layer which is sort of what allows the transmission of your consciousness back towards Hashem according to the structure of the translation and the linkage of all the forces and layers of existence that, that's that that wire with the different stages and the prisms that were stacked like we mentioned earlier so that that's what we mean here with the system of translation and connection between you and hashem going up or down that's all it's all kind of rooted in your in the in the root of your Upper neshama. So the upper neshama here means, like we said earlier, so if Hashem, if you are actually an aspect of Hashem's self, that was our analogy of the fragment, if you are literally a fragment of Hashem's consciousness that has been translated from its totality, from Hashem's whole consciousness, translated through a series of layers down to a partial self, partial consciousness, so that means that the root of your consciousness is actually Hashem. So that means that ultimately you are actually sort of like Hashem's self you just have forgotten all of that, and so now you're sort of seeking to return to that. And so the root of who you are is really Hashem's self. And so that's that sort of means that like you have a foot all the way up at the top of the system because you actually are an expression of that ultimate self. And so that's that's why you can think of yourself as almost like extending all the way down from the top of the system all the way down to who you are because you are actually a much larger, higher self that you do not remember and then you go through a series of translation layers to become what you are now. And so that process is sort of like, that, that's what leads to you as you are. And so that's why you can actually do things that impact the entire system. Because that, that self, that neshama is above all the layers. Um, it's sort of like, it's, it's, it's beyond. And that's why it includes all layers. Okay. And the reason here is that since the, the root of your neshama is above and also within all the layers of existence, right? It's above because it starts above everything, and it's within because it is being translated by the system uh, into the ever ever more restricted and fragmented uh, expression of itself. So it's getting translated through the system. In the previous chapter, is also explained. And the reason is because you are made of all, in other words, you are you are made of all the layers, and it's all one system. And so the idea of that, what we're saying is that, again, it's like you are, you can think of yourself as, as it, it's, it's either you can think of it as yourself as there's this one, you're this one larger self that now you're, you're fragmented and you experience yourself because of the system as a lower self. But at the same time, the other way of thinking about it is that you are actually still that same higher self and now, it's not just that you got translated into a lower self, and that's, you know, now there's you versus Hashem over there. Instead, it's that the process of translation is also a part of who you are. So it's all you in a certain way. It's like there's this higher self that is, that is then translated through a series of layers, but those, that, that's also part of you, that series of layers. You can, you can, and you can rediscover those aspects of yourself that are kind of hidden and lost behind the translation process, which is, which is what we mean when we talk about chuba, that you can actually uncover and, and discover aspects of yourself that are hidden you know it's like you could have that in a smaller way whenever you uncover a talent 
or something about yourself that you didn't know. And it's like, well, how did you not know that about yourself before? If it's if now you know it, it's kind of like, how did you not know? And the answer is, well, you, you can not know things about yourself and then discover them. And that doesn't mean they weren't there before. It just means they were buried somewhere. Well, where were they buried? And so what we're saying here is that there's all these layers of existence of yourself that are underneath that you don't remember and that are hidden. And so that's what we're saying here. And that's that's the other way to think about it. Okay, so just reading on. Vilazos. Uh, um, and that's why, I, so for you, you are the only creature, conscious creatures are the ones that have the capacity for choice, that so you can make choices between different possibilities. And specifically possibilities of either greater consciousness, that's where your, your choices lie in that area. Your ultimate free will in existence is either to become more conscious or less conscious. You don't really have control over much beyond that. So you, you can have control, limited control, over different elements in your life, um, and that's kind of incidental and coincidental, and it's also arguable how much you even really have choice in those settings. Um, but you definitely have choice in the area of consciousness, which is you can choose to experience the events taking place in your life as consciousness expanding or consciousness reducing, as things which bring you into harmony with the system, or things that take you away from the source of consciousness that you are. And that's what we spoke about earlier in Parak Vav. That's what we call, when you, when, when, you, when you make destructive, distorted choices, that's when you now reduce your connection to the larger system and to other selves, and then you become less in touch with who you really are. You undermine your own self-esteem and your own self-worth because you are essentially disconnecting yourself from what makes you someone, and then you sort of move your consciousness away from who you really are towards thinking that you are your body. And when you do that, that's super destructive. That's what destroys self-esteem. So people get attached to, you know, people talk about getting attached to money or getting attached to looks or things that are more shallow. That's where you basically move your sense of self away from the endless self that you really are towards some kind of finite and ultimately also changeable element. And that's what causes existential damage and angst because you're like, well, this is who I am. I am who I am because I have a million dollars uh, or I am who I am because I have, I have a beautiful body. But the problem is you intrinsically know those things do not last and they're very, very fickle and, and, and changeable, and that leads to a very deep sense of existential anxiety. Okay, and that also means that even if you already caused a lot of damage with those kinds of choices and distorted your connection, um, damaged all the layers of and the structure of, of connection to you, between you and Hashem, and sort of like a lowering and destruction of those layers, you have the ability and power to sort of fix what you damaged and recreate them because you're part of all the layers. So you have an in with every layer of existence and that means you can always repair things that you damage. So whatever aspect of distortion you bring into your being, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, it's emotional, whatever distorted perceptions you've created for yourself, you can always undo them. You have to just learn how to do that and that's what the Torah is. It's sort of like a, a map of what's happening and where you are and then how to use the map to actually heal and, and recreate connections and bridges and wires that you have damaged or destroyed in some way. That Hashem is your shadow on your right hand. Just like the shadow, um, the shade of some item, some, some physical thing. So the shadow of something always follows the movements of the thing that it is the shadow of. So it's directly um, you know, analogous or parallel to the to the physical thing that the shadow is shadowing. So similarly, in using this analogy, so Hashem also 
um, works this way with you. In other words, he is attached, again, that just to read that line again, um, using this analogy, who, it's as if to say that Hashem is he connects to the system in order to change and, and, and um, alter the layers of existence according to your movements and your interests and your drives of a person, the actions of a person um, down below. So that's what we're saying is that Hashem responds to what it is that you do. When you wake up in a certain direction, Hashem responds to that. And when you operate in, in a certain direction, so Hashem alters himself to parallel you. And that's why Hashem is kind of like the ultimate um, the ultimate giver and receiver towards you, because according to whatever you are, he will mirror you and share accordingly. So if you open yourself up to destruction and distortion, then destruction and distortion will flow into you from Hashem, because you're saying to Hashem, that's what you want. And if you open yourself up to connection and, and, and higher consciousness, then Hashem will send that towards you. That's exactly what it says in the Medrash. So Hashem is talking to Moshe. This is talking about in Parsha Shmos. Um, so Hashem and Moshe first meet at the burning bush story. So at least first meet in this particular way. Um, so Hashem says, so Hashem says, And Hashem tells Moshe, Go tell B'nai Israel, this is my name. First he tells him, he says to him, My, my name is this, this interesting name, is from the words, which means I will be. And so it literally means here, I will be that which I will be. So it's a very strange name. It's actually the only place in the Chumash that Hashem has called this. And he names himself this way. So then, so the Medrash asks, "What does that name mean?" Um, just like you are being with me, that's how I am being with you. In other words, that name is, uh, sort of relates to Hashem's tendency or Hashem's uh, expression of Himself as someone who is mirroring you. Hashem is constantly changing to mirror you. Um, so that so we, that, that sort of means that, again, the system itself, that just like you, you are fundamentally unchanging. You, the self that is behind the, 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 behind the body, behind the layers, the ultimate self, is unchanging. But the layers of reality that connect you and other selves and you and Hashem, so those are constantly upgrading, constantly changing, constantly downgrading, depending on how you um, orient yourself within them. And so similarly, Hashem works the same way. According to whatever you do, so Hashem will also alter the way that he is expressed and experienced by you. And that's what he means when you say here, Hashem is constantly changing. Um, so he says, And that's what David meant when he said that Hashem is your shadow on your right hand. What does it mean that Hashem is your shadow? Just like your, sh- like your shadow. Just like your shadow, when you're playing towards it, it plays towards you. And if you are crying, so then it cries opposite you. And if you show it an angry face or a thoughtful face, that it parallels and mirrors you. Um, this means, again, someone who is mirroring you like your, like your shadow. Just like Hashem. Hashem is the same way. He, Hashem is your shadow. So the way that he is with you, you, the way that you are with him, he is with you. So that is the parallelism that we're talking about here. But Zohar, it's in, in the Zohar, skipping to the brackets in the Hebrew. Come see the lower layer of existence, which is your fragmented side of things, is always ready to receive and the upper layer is not going to give you except according to how you are positioning yourself to receive. 
if you are if you are standing with a, a lit face, which literally means sort of like that you are. It's it's Araspanim is kind of like when you smile at someone, so you're showing them that you're present. It's a it's a an expression of consciousness towards someone. It's like yes, I'm here, I exist, I'm within this body, and I'm seeing you. So as kach meirim lo then you receive a similar burst of light of consciousness from above. If you are if you are positioning yourself in a way that is sort of like stagnantly sad, where you're kind of like, oh, there's no point, there's nothing, nothing matters, I don't really matter, I don't exist, what we call it depression. No simlo dins that connect with that, there's going to be a parallel flow of that flowing towards you as well, because you're sort of saying that's how, that's how reality works. And so according to however you experience, you decide to perceive reality, that's how it sort of operates towards you. As kach meirim lo milamala. The same thing comes towards you. Uh, sorry, that's the wrong line. That's also what it means when it says um, you should you should serve Hashem. You should do the work of Hashem, which is this all this work we've been talking about. Serving Hashem essentially means to operate in a way that allows Hashem's presence to be manifest within you and then through you. That's the whole point of this context is the reconnection and rechanneling of Hashem's being and, and self um, into fusion with you. So you should do that besimcha with a sense of purpose and 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 that you're on the right track to being who you are. Because when you have a deep sense of purpose that you are being who you're supposed to be, then that cre- that creates this avalanche of, of more of that experience from above. In other words, that you you sort of have a validating sense of that that's that that, that your sense of purpose is on target. So similarly, this lower layer of existence, which is yours, the fragmented side of existence, according to how it wakes up down below, that's going to pull parallel from above. And so that's really the whole point we've been saying this entire time. That's, that's the concept of the Kruvim that were sort of like they were, they were facing each other. And um, and they they were parallel to each other. He's going to explain in the next section, in in, in next chapter, chapter eight, the concept of the kruvim. But the kruvim basically refers to these two um, golden statues that are on top of the aron. So inside of the base of Mikdash in the Mishkan, um, there was this aron that contained the luchos, the tablets from Har Sinai, um, and the and there's the, the these statues that were on top. They're in the shape of these things called kruvim. Which is a kind of malach. It, so it seems to represent some kind of. We'll use the word angel. It's really not a good word. So we're going to destroy that word in the next chapter. But the idea here is that um, that those those statues they face each other. One represented Hashem and one represented us, and they sort of show how that the according to the way that you share yourself towards the other, that's going to be the way the other shares himself or herself towards you. That's what the kruvim represent. And so he's going to explain in the next chapter sort of what the, there's two different Kruvim. There's, there's the original Kruvim, and there's a Kruvim that, that, that Shlomo Melech designed later on that were also, um, there were these larger Kruvim. So we're going to learn more about them in the next chapter, but the point is they represent the concept of opposite two, two faces who are facing each other. And according to what it is that you share towards the other face, that is what that other face will mirror towards you, which is what you experience, like I mentioned earlier in our analogy, that when you're trying to connect to somebody else, according to how you show your interest, they will then mirror you and vice versa because we are constantly looking for parallel selves that we can be received by and share and receive in parallel also. That same structure is true also between you and Hashem. So we'll pick up with that in the next chapter. Thanks for listening. Hope that was relatively clear. Feel free to reach out with any questions and looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.